Hello and welcome to Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. I am Justin Lamb, your host, and you are listening to episode 17. That's right, we made it to 17. FCC will shut us down soon. Just kidding, this is the internet. Thank you so much for listening. We got a, we got a good show today, a little heavy-hearted show today. We are going to talk about uh, what to do when there's not craft beer available and then we're going to talk about one of the greatest bands to come out of the 90s uh, and one of the most amazing talents that, unfortunately, uh, we have already lost this year and 2018. And that is the Cranberries and Dolores O'Riordan. So we will get to that. We will get to all sorts of subjects, including beer. Uh, don't let this be a sad episode, though. We are remembering some amazing music and celebrating some amazing talent. And I want to jump right into it because we got a lot of stuff to cover and we have some special guests and some special speakers. And just for fun, I'm going to say special a third time. And, you know, because that's that's special. Ooh, four. Let's do this. All right, let me paint a picture for you. Now, we'd all love to be our best hipster versions of ourselves, and that doesn't always work out. Sometimes you just find yourself at an Applebee's, and that's the reality we all live in. Maybe you're in a two-horse town, one-horse town? I don't know the phrase. But maybe you're there, and all they have is a, a Chili's or an Applebee's. And maybe you're not an IPA fan, and that's going to be a problem, because typically, the only craft beer that you're going to find on draft at a place like that is going to be an IPA. Uh, for instance, if you go to your local Applebee's in Michigan, you're bound to find a Bell's Two-Hearted. But if you're not the fan of uh, of hops, if you're not a big hoppy guy, then you're not going to want a Two-Hearted. And then what are you left with? Well, usually it's it's about four different choices. Maybe five. Uh, there's Budweiser. There is a Bud Light. There is a Miller Light. Or Coors Light, or maybe all three. A variety of light beers that are similar in taste, color, and flavor, uh, and heaviness, and alcohol, and lameness, but great for binge drinking. Um, and then you're going to get uh, Blue Moon, typically, and the one that I, I would choose, that I typically try to stick with if I'm in this situation, though I'm a big two-hearted fan, so if that were the case, you know where I'm going to be found. But the last one that you're going to find typically around this country is Sam Adams or Samuel Adams or Sammy AA. Nah, no one calls it that. But Samuel Adams Boston Lager is uh, what they like to think of as the beer that started it all. Now, the only thing it really did start is their company, Samuel Adams. And you could easily argue with the mass distribution that they have today uh, that it's not a craft beer though there's also like some boston people that would probably murder me for saying that so let's just say some people say that i didn't technically but some people do and it is a good beer it's uh it's it's a nice amber color it's it's got a good flavor it's got a good selection of hops i believe it's the i'm gonna a bunch that i'm gonna pronounce incorrectly Hollertau, Middlefrau, and Tetang, 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 and Noble Hops. Did you get all that? And uh, it's 5% alcohol, 30 IBUs. I mean, I, I 
it's delicious. It is good. And there's obviously a million beers out there, and I'd like to try them all. So if I stick with this mass-distributed one that I can get anywhere, I'm never going to really experience the full flavor variety of beer. And it's definitely not anywhere in my favorite list as far as craft beer goes. And personally, I don't classify it as a craft beer. Um, the same way that I might take Anchor Steam off that list now that they've been bought out by uh, Sapporo. It's just uh, you don't get the same care as a small batch brewery. And some of the craft beer breweries that I'm talking about now, like Bells or Founders, are getting big enough to where you might start saying that in the next couple years. But until then, I will preach them and, you know, fire and fury everything else. So, I'm drinking it. You'll drink it. It's delicious. Sam Adams. Now, if you want to just go grab a bunch of Bud Light at an Applebee's, hey, we all get depressed sometimes. Go nuts. But if you want to uh, still get a good flavor and some thought that went into a recipe that hasn't been repeated over tens of billions of barrels, uh, check out Samuel Adams Boston Lager when your choices are slim. Otherwise... Stick to the small craft, stick to the microbrew, and stick somewhere sticky. I'm calling about the cranberries. Gosh, terrible news. I remember like sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade, and we had to, in music class, we had to like write some essay about, you know, your favorite album and how the music inspired you. And at the time, it was uh, the Cranberries. And the song was Zombie. That's the song that I picked. And I don't know, there's just something so, not only her voice, but it's just, there's just so much emotion in everything that, you know, anything that came out of that beautiful uh, mouth of hers. It was just a gift. And um, I have to say, Zombie's one of my favorites. And then linger. I mean, and I didn't know. I don't know if you looked this up, but actually, or maybe you and I were talking about this. I don't know. I think that came before um, Zombie, which I was very surprised. But yeah, that song to this day. Actually, I may play it on my way down just to get me pumped up. It's just, it is just inspiring, and it, it's moving. And yeah, I would say that they, you know, she impacted. I what you said in my teens and just got me really into music. Now, whether you were entering your teen years in 1990 or you didn't hit your teen years until 1995, there was a band that we all knew and you loved at least one song, if not every song you heard on the radio. And there's definitely a whole population of hardcore fans that have all the albums and know all the B-sides and all the other miscellaneous tracks you find on their chart-topping albums, but I am, of course, talking about the Cranberries. Now, the Cranberries formed in 1989 with Mike and Noel Hogan, the brothers. Um, they were in 
I believe Limerick in Ireland. Yeah. And, uh, they formed with their drummer, Fergal Lawler. And then they also had a different singer, I believe, uh, something Quinn, but, uh, Quinn left the band and then the rest of them put out an ad cause you know, 1989, 1990, they put out an ad, probably threw it on a telephone pole for a female singer. Enter Dolores O'Riordan. Uh, this voice that came up and changed a lot of people's life and introduced a lot of people to music. Her voice is absolutely amazing. It's very like traditional Irish and then able to rip out into some uh, rough alternative sounds, but still go back to the softness and make just beautiful songs. And some of the lyrics that have come out of her head uh, for songs like Linger and Dreams are absolutely amazing. Um, she actually did a rough version of Linger for her audition uh, that they used for a little three-track EP cassette tape back in 1990. So she joins the band. They become the Cranberries. Their former name was the Cranberry Saw Mew. Yeah, the Cranberry Saw Us. That's what it was. Weird name. So I'm glad they went with the Cranberries. And that was it. I mean, that solidified the four of them for the remainder of their career. And they stayed together till about 2004, broke up, uh, took a hiatus. Dolores did a solo career and they got back together in 2009. Uh, they put out an album as recently as April of 2017. We're recording this in January, 2018. So, I mean, what, eight months ago. And the really amazing and, and sad part about all this is Dolores, when she joined the band, when she was 19. And I mean, that is like the peak of when you're really feeling emotions at, at the highest level. And she was able to put that down on paper and words and emotion and song and, and sing it. And that's hard to do. I mean, that's, that's very difficult to do, especially as you get older and kind of close yourself off and become more guarded. And it was fantastic. It was absolutely one of the greatest voices uh, to come out of that entire decade. In fact, their second album, uh, No Need to Argue, was actually number 64 on the top selling records of the entire decade from 1990 to 1999, 10-year span. It was number 64. And there's a lot of albums that came out. I'm sure we'll talk about most of them on this podcast. She joined the band. They came out with their first album. Everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? Uh, before the album was released, the first single, Dreams, was released in 1992, a song that uh, I would imagine everyone listening to this knows, and some people would call their favorite song by the Cranberries. Another single that everyone probably knows off that album, Linger, came out and, I mean changed what females were doing with music at that time. Not only did you have this beautiful Irish voice uh, where us in the U.S., especially grungy teens, were like, what? Uh, but it was it was a beautiful voice. It, it wasn't really scratchy, even when it was a little angry. It was always it was always pretty, and it did... It wasn't yodeling in the background of her voice that you heard, but it was similar, and it's, it just sparks a very, like, traditional Irish religious voice um, just used for 
other exceptional purposes. In 1994, No Need to Argue was released, uh, October 3rd, 1994, their second album, which featured another two singles that, I, I, feel, I don't know people that don't know these songs, um, Ode to My Family and Zombie. And Zombie is often referred to as a lot of people's favorite song. It probably got the most radio play. I don't know about everyone else, but me as a, what, 12-year-old? No, yeah, 11, 11 year old when that song came out. Uh, I didn't know what it was about. I just liked the music was great. I liked the the vocals, the guitar line at the end. Yeah, you know, I loved that. That was one of the first guitar riffs I learned how to play on guitar. And there was a group of girls in sixth or seventh grade that did a talent show where they all did a like synchronized dance to this. And, you know, I honestly don't know if they were as uh, ignorant as I was back then. I did not know the song was about the IRA and, and the Warrington bombings in 93 that killed two kids. But they, uh, well, I'll let, I'll let my friend Hillary tell you about it. So when I think of the cranberries, me back to my middle school days when um, my three best friends and I did our awesome eighth grade talent show dance to the Cranberries song Zombie. Um, we had our super sweet braided dreads and our camo shirts and our black nail polish and um, it just really reminds me of the great times that we spent together and our awesome talent show routine. I think Zombie is probably my favorite song from the Cranberries, although I did like several of them. We'll be back to my sweet middle school days. No Need to Argue starts out, this is the great thing about having cassettes or CDs, you, they, you play them in order. I mean, it takes, especially cassettes, it takes a lot of effort to fast forward, especially to find a specific song, so then you go past it, and then you gotta rewind, and 
So a lot of stuff you just kind of dealt with songs you didn't know. I mean, now there's a good chance you're only downloading the songs that you hear on the radio from an album instead of the entire album, um, or you're downloading the entire album, but you never play any of the other songs. And cassettes and, and CDs, but primarily cassettes, really forced you to just listen to the whole thing uh, the same way vinyl does. But even vinyl, you know, has the little cuts on the record where you can kind of move the needle to go to the next song. And so cassettes, you really had to stick through it. I remember the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, uh, Nirvana. I had a lot of cassettes in the early 90s that I, I know all the songs from because I was just like, well, I got to listen to everything because... I don't want to fast forward and then rewind and then fast forward and and hope I get where I'm supposed to be. And then if I don't know that other song, did I fast forward too far? Or is this the song before it? I don't know. Because it's a cassette tape. Damn it. So I just listened to it. And No Need to Argue starts with the song Ode to My Family. And it strikes a feeling and, and sets the stage for the entire album. I'm calling to talk to you about my absolute most favorite and most dear to my heart band, the Cranberries. I'm I'm pretty sad about the death of Dolores. I guess I first fell in love with the Cranberries in sixth grade with the song Ode to My Family. I've just been in love ever since. It was a ritual every day before school. So I would just play my Cranberries albums. My favorite, although probably not as popular was To the Faithful Departed and my absolute favorite song in the world is Joe which is a kind of depressing song but so beautiful I just loved everything about them they got me into music as a general thing I suppose a funny little story about uh, the Cranberries was right before beginning uh, 11th grade me and all the girlfriends went to a Cranberries concert, and I was going through this, I'm not going to wear a bra phase, and I rubbed my nipples raw dancing to the Cranberries. So that was a painful couple days at the beginning of the school year. I just, I absolutely love the Cranberries, and it's a sad week. I've only cried um, when one other celebrity died, and that was David Bowie, and uh, Dolores makes two. On top of all their studio albums, the Cranberries had a number of songs that were appearing in movies and television shows throughout the 90s, and two of my favorites came out of Empire Records. And those songs are How and Liar. Here's a couple clips of uh, both of those. First How and then Liar. I should have 
Now, How was originally featured on Everybody Else Is Doing It, So Why Can't We, their first album. Uh, but then after No Need to Argue, they had To the Faithful Departed. Uh, released well to critics, but did not sell as well as their previous albums and have the singles Salvation and Free to Decide on there. Uh, also, as you're still going, those are probably songs that you know, especially if you heard them. If you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm sure about that one. Um, I mean, here's a little Free to Decide. And to the Faithful Departed was followed by Bury the Hatchet in 99, Wake Up and Smell the Coffee in 2001, and then they didn't have another full-length studio album until Roses in 2012. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Something Else, uh, which was the name of the album and not just forgetting things, but Something Else came out in April of 2017. Uh, featured three new songs and some orchestra arrangements and acoustic versions of some of the previous singles like Linger. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful album. Um, something to actually still look into today. And in case it hasn't been clear so far, uh, the reason that we're doing this is Dolores O'Riordan passed away uh, January 15th, 2018 which was only a couple days ago as of recording this. And it, it really made an impact on people because she wasn't even in the spotlight for that being a possibility. I mean, she was 46 years old, just very young, and still putting out amazing music. And the only, I mean, we knew she had, she had some back problems and they had to cut a tour short, but we don't know anything else beyond that. And it was, really took people uh took people by surprise and it was very tragic uh, huge talent gone so so early in her life and so early in this year uh, it's been a bad few years for musician deaths just some remarkable people we've lost and this is just another really amazing talent added on to the list hey justin hey what's going on brother it's Gannett from 93.9 the river uh my thoughts on dolores o'reardon and the cranberries. I it, it saddened me. I actually broke up while I was uh, talking about it on the radio. I had to be the first person at the station to announce uh, her death, and it, it made me sad. There was something about the zombies that always made me um, happy. The music, even though their music wasn't always the happiest, especially lyrically, there was something about her slightly operatic voice and the power she had behind it that always kind of just made me um, appreciate listening to the music and being able to be a part of uh, the scene. Now, two of the songs that I've always stuck out of my head, and I'm going to go just strictly from songs that I played on the radio, Zombie, because that's that song that when you heard it, it just grabbed you and it just took you. And, and the thing is, her voice had the, was able to be gentle and sweet, but then in came the power and the conviction of, you know, the belief behind the story of the IRA and the, uh, and what happened. And, and it, it, it's, that's always one of those kind of songs that when I hear it, it takes me back to that, that, that exact time when I first heard it, um, being at 89 X. And then the other one that always gets me is Ode to my family, just because it's that whole idea of, you know what, 
I've achieved all the success. I'm, I'm a star. I'm leaving this kind of this lifestyle, but God, I'd kind of like to live that simple life as a child again and kind of step back. Um, and you know, sometimes just take a break from what fame and adulation's all about. Um, the one thing that got me is I had a, I was lucky. I had a chance to do an interview with Dolores after um, uh, a concert at the State Theater, and it was I'm backstage with her. She sits down, and you know, in her Irish voice, her Irish accent, she says that her feet are sore, and she's got old old Doc Martens on, and and I laughed and I said I said well listen. I'm doing an interview. You hold the microphone. I'll rub your feet as a joke. Well, she smiles, looks down at me, starts undoing her shoes. Next thing I know is I'm sitting there rubbing her feet, and I'm doing an interview. She was sweet. She was kind. She was talkative. And uh, she was just a, just a truly gentle human being. And it's sad um, that I'm just going to keep the memories uh, that I have of the cranberries my life, uh, my work, and uh, my memories. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, it, was a, it was a great time to be a person in radio and a person with music. So the Cranberries will always play an important part to the soundtrack to my life. Well, that is going to do it. I'm going to finish up this Sam Adams. And I want to say thank you to the Cranberries and Dolores O'Riordan. You will be missed. Rest in peace. It's very sad news. Um, some amazing music out there. If you guys want to dig up some old CDs you might not have listened to in a while or download music the way you do now. Or I'll tell you what, if you want to download something, do me a favor and listen to it in the order it was on the album. Listen to the whole album. Maybe you might find something that you didn't recognize or know before that you really connect with now. We're all growing and changing, and uh, the music of the Cranberries helped a lot of people do that over the last... 25, 30 years. So thank you guys and keep on listening. Follow us at Beers and 90s on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email me, Justin, at justinlammusic.com and check out more about the podcast at justinlammusic.com slash podcast. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.